What a difference. Amen? Amen. Let's take our Bibles, turn to the book of Genesis chapter number 11. The book of Genesis chapter number 11. We're going to begin in verse number 31. I'll encourage our young people too to take a Bible and turn to the first book of the Bible. You ought to be able to find it. It's the very first one and the 11th chapter. I want to remind parents again, uh, I want to encourage you to start uh, teaching your kids how to find passages of Scripture in the Bible. Um, they need to know how to read the map. Amen? It is the Word of God. It is the only source, the only authority of Christianity, the Word of God, and they need to be able to learn how to navigate it. Uh, I want to encourage you too, parents, guardians, to get in the habit of uh, getting them to bring a Bible when they come to church. I know it's hectic, I know it is, but we get in the habit of it. And uh, it's, uh, I, it's more important than brushing teeth, amen, to learn the Bible. It's more important. And if you don't have a Bible, if your kids don't have one this morning, don't stress about it. Don't feel guilty. You're not a bad parent. Uh, we got Bibles here. We'd love to give you a Bible. We sure would. And uh, that way your kids could have a Bible. So uh, I want to encourage you to get in the habit of that. So young people, you remind your parents, okay? Say, hey, I got to have a Bible. I got to have a Bible. Why? Because I'm going to church. I got to have a Bible. Amen? So we'll have some for you if you don't have one. All right, the book of Genesis, chapter number 11. Um, now, the, 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 the narrative of God's dealing with the Tower of Babel um, we dealt with that some time ago, not too long ago, and I, I felt led of God to move on into Abraham's life. Um, so we're going to begin there this morning in the life of Abraham, and we'll be there as long as God would, would uh, allow us to be there or have us to be there. So we're going to begin in chapter 11, verse number 31. If you're there, say amen. Amen. <clears throat> The Bible says, And Terah, that's Abraham's father, took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth unto them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. Now I want to make a note of that and emphasize it because it's important. So Abraham or he's called Abram here until his, the Lord changes his name to Abraham. Abraham lives in, a, in the Ur of Chaldees. Okay, it's, he lives east, east of Jerusalem, east of Israel. So he lives there, and God says, I want you to go from there. And he does, but he ends up in Haran. So Abraham goes from the Ur of Chaldees, and he goes into Haran before he goes into the land of Canaan. So verse 32, and the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Because Abraham's family will produce the Lord Jesus Christ through Mary. 
So verse 4, So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. So you know, I was, had a good conversation this morning with a friend of mine here at the church. And you're never too old for God to do something in your life. Amen? So he's 75, he's, he's, he's 75 years old when he leaves Haran, departs, and goes into Canaan land. So verse 5, Genesis 12, And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that had gotten into Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Let's pray together. My Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, bless this day. Bless your word. Bless, Lord, this sermon. God, I pray that you would use me today to be used of you for your glory, for your will, for your purpose. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. God, you'd deal with us as your children. And Lord, that we could learn the Bible. Lord, we could leave here knowing something that we did not know before. We would, we would cherish this, Lord, in our lives. We would crave your word more than our food. As Job said, God help us, change us, help us, Lord, to listen and to pay attention to what you're doing. And Lord, have not, of us, not one of us to wonder, I wish God would speak to me. Lord, in these last days, you have spoken to us by your Son. Lord, you speak to us by your Word. And Lord, you are the Word of God, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to realize this. Increase our faith by your word. We love you, we worship you, and praise you. Lord, your will be done in our lives. In your name, Lord, we ask these things. Amen. Could you imagine if God came to you and said, I want you to move? I want you to leave everything behind. I want you to leave everyone behind. This is the call on Abraham's life. This is not an easy thing to hear, is it? Verse number 1 of chapter 12, look what God says, and the Lord, now the Lord had said, it's, it's, it's the thought that he'd already told him once, and that's, we'll get to that in a moment, and God already has. So the Lord had said, so it's, it's a past tense, so he's already said, and then so God reminds Abraham, and the Lord had said unto Abraham, get thee out of thy country. Get thee out of thy country. That is a huge responsibility that Abraham just heard. God told Abraham, I want you to leave everything behind. God's asking a lot of Abraham here. But we know the end of the story, how God blessed Abraham. But Abraham don't know this yet. And we should be reminded, since we know the end of the story of Abraham's life... That if, what, if God is requiring something of you that seems insurmountable to bear, that God has a plan for your life, and that God will take care of you, and God will bless you, and God will keep you, and God will provide for you, and God's way will be better than anything you've ever dreamed on your own. So God says, get thee out of thy country. Now, according to Jewish tradition, Abraham's father, Terah, was an idol maker. 
And so Abraham's father, if that's correct, is an idolater. So if that's true, that then his family and his community have become idolatrous. So the people that Abraham's around, they have, they have become idolaters. So they're worshiping or they are interested or desiring or have more affection or more interest in other things than the God who created the heavens and the earth. And so Abraham is surrounded by idolatry. And if God is going to do anything great in Abraham's life, then God has to get Abraham away from this idolatrous situation that he's living in. Now you see the application there. The Holy Spirit's saying to you, that's what's true for your life too. Isn't that what God is saying to you? So God is already speaking to us this morning. So God says to Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, but you've got to get out of that situation that you're in. So for God's plan to work in Abraham's life, Abraham needs to be free from the outside influences that are going to take or lead his heart away from God. I'll say it again. For Abraham to be used of God, for God's plan to be fulfilled in Abraham's life, then God has to get Abraham away from everything that is contrary to the will of God for Abraham's life. God has to get Abraham away from the Ur of Chaldees, away from Haran, if he's ever going to be where God wants him to be. So God is asking Abraham to choose to choose God over his friends and family. God is asking Abraham to choose God not only of his friends and family, but also his lifestyle and his culture. God wants Abraham to choose him over friends and family and lifestyle and culture. So Abraham, I want you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to do things with your life, you're going to be useful for me, but you're going to have to get out of that culture. You're going to have to get out of that lifestyle. Sounds like the gospel, don't it? You're going to have to get away from your friends and your family. You can't love your culture more than me, Abraham, if I'm going to do something great with your life. Abraham, you can't love your friends and family more than me because they're going to keep you away from me. Abraham, you're going to have to love me more than anyone or anything else in your life. And if you don't, then I can't really use you and bless you. So verse 1 of chapter 12, get thee out of thy country. So it's more than just a geographical change. God says, get thee out from thy country and from thy kindred. That's friends and family. Abraham, you've got to get away from friends and family. You've got to love me more than them, and not only friends and family, but from thy father's house. Get thee out of thy country and from thy father's house. That, that's, that's lifestyle and culture. You're going to have to leave your lifestyle and culture, Abraham, and you're going to have to leave it all behind because I'm calling you away from it all. We see the same thing in Luke chapter 14, if you want to turn there. Young people, Luke chapter 14 in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Luke chapter 14. Listen to what Jesus says. The gospel call in the Christian's life is no different than the call that was upon Abraham's life. So Abraham is to look around him. God wants Abraham to look around him. Look, at, look, at, look around yourself, Abraham. And I want you to know, Abraham, that everything you see, 
That's not going to be your home anymore. Things are going to be different. Luke chapter 14, verse number 25. And there went great multitudes with him, with Jesus. There's big crowds following Jesus. And he turned and said unto them. So Jesus turns to the crowd and says unto them, that's not what you think. Jesus wasn't trying to gather a huge crowd. He was trying to gather disciples. He wasn't trying to gather a crowd. He was trying to change lives. He wasn't trying to be popular. He is the Savior. So Jesus turned around and said unto them, verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father. What's that mean, hate? It means that your love for me compared to your love for your father should look like hate. That you love me so much more than your earthly father, it would seem that you are willing to completely disregard this relationship for a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, and wife, and children. If you don't love Jesus more than your children, that's a weighty statement, isn't it? Now, it's one thing to say, get thee out of thy country. It's a whole other thing altogether to say when Jesus says, you need, Josh, you need to love me more than Maddie. You need to love me more than Nathan, and love me more than Avery. Sometimes it might be easy to love Jesus more than a spouse, mightn't it? Sometimes it might be easy to love Jesus more than a, even a mom or a dad. But as a parent, loving Jesus more than children? If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and his wife and children and brethren and sisters... Yea, his own life. If you don't love Jesus more than your own life, your own will, your own interest, your own desires, Jesus said, he cannot be my disciple. Can't be. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. Some of you might think, well, wow, Abraham, God is really calling Abraham away. Listen, Jesus Christ is doing the same thing today. He's calling you away. And if you're not willing to walk away from it all, you cannot be his disciple. You can't be. Amen. You can't be. Not only is it a radical call on Abraham's life, get thee out of my country, but also, also God wants Abraham to not just go a little ways, God wants Abraham to go really far away with him. So the call isn't just, it's not like a lukewarm call on Abraham's life. It's not like just a little ways. God wants Abraham to go a long ways with him. So God wants Abraham to go all the way with him. So Jesus don't call you some of the way. Hey, Jesus wants all of you. He don't want you just to go a little bit. He wants you to go all the way with him. That's why Jesus said at the end of that in Luke chapter 14, what we just read, you've got to love me more than kids, parents, dads, moms, your own life, your own life. How do I prove I love Jesus all the way? Jesus said, even to the point of death. 
all the way, take up your cross and follow after me. And if you don't want to go all the way with me, then you can't be my disciple. You know what kind of Christianity we got today? It's a Christianity where people want to go some of the way, but not all the way. Have you notice that? That's why churches are dull, dreary, dead. That's why our Christian lives are anemic and boring, and they just seem like a lifestyle more than a relationship. That, uh, Jesus, the Christianity seems more like a philosophy, a, 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 just a belief system than a surrendered life. Jesus Christ wants your surrendered life to, to, for him. That's what he wants. He wants, to go, he wants you to go all the way, not some of the way. And we always make deals with Jesus, don't we? And I wonder, you know why we have a lot of false conversions? I think there's a couple of reasons. Number one is the gospel is not presented in the manner that it is presented that Jesus wants him, him to be the Lord over your life. You're going to deny who you are. You're going to surrender and leave everything behind. All your sin, you admit their sin, and you turn from that, and you say, all to him I come. I surrender all. I surrender all. Everything I am, I surrender to Jesus Christ. So people say, hey, come to Jesus, because your life might get better. No, come to Jesus and die, that you might have everlasting life through his, through his name. And people think that the gospel is just, we're just going to go a little ways. No, God wants you to go all the way. All the way. So, now remember, so Abraham started in the Ur of Chaldees. And if you, if you turn to the book of Acts, chapter number 7. The book of Acts, chapter 7. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of Acts in the New Testament. The fifth chapter, the uh, fifth book in the New Testament in the book of Acts, chapter 7, Stephen, one of the first deacons, is filled with the Spirit and he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Stephen is so surrendered to Jesus. He's, went, he's, he's, he's going all the way. He's trusting and obeying for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Not happy in the world. To be happy in Jesus. But to trust and obey. Abraham can't be happy in God if he stays in the Ur of Chaldees, okay? Abraham can't be happy in God if he leaves the Ur of Chaldees and then stays for the rest of his life in Haran because what did God say? Abraham, get thee out of thy country and thy kindred and thy land and thy culture and thy father's house and thy lifestyle and I want you to go to Canaan land and there I will bless thee. I will make thee a great nation and through thy seed all the nations of the earth will be blessed but I can't do that if you stay in Heron. I can't do it. So Stephen, he's preaching. And he's standing in front of people who hate him. Why? Because he took up his cross and he followed Jesus. And he said, come what may, I'm going to stay on the firing line. We sing about these things. And I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to go. And I'm sure Stephen's wife said, Stephen, they just crucified Jesus. And you're saying that he's the promised Messiah in your sermon in Acts chapter 7? They're going to be mad. I know it, Mrs. Stephen. I love you. I, I love you. I love you. I love you. But I can't be Jesus' disciple and listen to what you say. 
I have to follow my Lord and my Savior. So Stephen's preaching. He surrendered all. And here's what Stephen says about Abraham's life. So verse 2, Acts chapter 7, verse 2, And he said, Men and brethren, the fathers hearken, and fathers hearken, the God of glory appeared unto Abraham, appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon, which is the New Testament rendering of Haran from the Old Testament. So if you go to Genesis 12, you don't have to turn there, but we read it, that it, it seems like that God showed up to Abraham first in Haran and said, get to Canaan land. But Stephen, under the inspiration of the Spirit, and Acts, the book of Acts being the very Word of God-inspired Scripture, Stephen says that God appeared first to Abraham when he was in the Ur of Chaldees. And then in verse number 4, Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Charon. So God told Abraham when he was in the herb Chaldees, I want you to go to Canaan land. Now remember, I said five minutes ago, God wants Abraham to go far. So the herb Chaldees is 600 miles from Haran. He don't have a car. He don't have a train. He don't have a plane. So Abraham has to gather up Sarah's wife and his, and his, his family. And he's got to think, you think she wants to go? You think she wants to walk 600 miles? Does your wife want to walk 600 miles? Maybe, oh, oh I got you a camel, Brittany. That'll be great, won't it? I got a good deal on this camel. 600 miles. Now God, so you think, what is God doing in Abraham's life? We're not talking about walking to Fountain City. Abraham. See, some of us think that God never wants to put us through difficult things. That's not true. Some of us think that God never wants us to have tough days. That's not true. Some of us think that God always is going to bring, bring peace that's going to surround our lives. That's not true because even Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, I come bringing a sword. Hey, following Jesus requires earthly sacrifice. It requires it. It is a requirement. If you come to Jesus Christ this morning in salvation, you will suffer in this world. You will. Guarantee it. Paul said, with much tribulation, we're going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It is not, listen carefully, it is not easy to follow Jesus in a world that hates Jesus Christ. When you follow Jesus, you're going against the grain. You're going against comfort. You're going against self-interest. You're going against self-desire. You're going against fashion. You're going against everything. The world is pulling this way, and Jesus is going this way. Why do you think Jesus said, follow me? Because they're going a different direction. So Abraham, I want you to leave the Ur of Chaldees. Do what now? 600 miles. I want you to walk with Sarah, your wife. And I want you to take your nephew. I want you to go. I want you to walk. And he's 70. He's, see, he's 70 years old when he left Haran. So he's probably middle-aged, maybe when he left the Ur of Chaldees, a little bit older and I want you to walk. And then he gets to Haran, and he hangs up there a minute. We'll get to that back here in just a moment. 
And from Haran to Canaan is 400 miles. So to get Abraham and his family from the Herb Chaldees all the way into Canaan land is a thousand miles. God really wanted Abraham away from the Herb Chaldees, didn't he? He really wanted him away from Haran. What's the application here? I want to call you so far, Abraham, you can't go back. You can't go back. I want you to follow me to the point that you can't go back. I don't want to go back, do you? You know, when Jesus saves the believer, he creates in them, through the work of the Holy Spirit, a new nature. And he is spiritually severing the tie. That he changes their desires and their interests, and they're kind of uncomfortable now in the Ur of Chaldees. They don't really feel like it's homey anymore because something's happening to them. And the call of Abraham's life, and God is saying to Abraham, hey, this ain't your home anymore. And Bryson, can't you say that as a Christian since you got born again? This world ain't my home no more, is it? I mean, I ain't comfortable around here no more, are you? I ain't come from watching TV hardly anymore. I mean, it's even the places I go to. I can't go to the Walmart without my kids seeing lingerie ads plastered all over the wall. You know, this isn't my home. You know, it's not my home anymore. Can you say that as a Christian? I got to get out of here. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says that God, by faith, Abraham, he left, and he was looking for a, a better country. Better country. You're looking for a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. And if you're a born-again Christian this morning, your spirit, your lifestyle, your mindset is this. is This is not your home. You're looking for a better country, ain't you? A better land. This isn't it. Praise God. Praise God. This is not my home. It's not my home. Now, Abraham's faith, it was progressive too. So Abraham... God appeared to Abraham, according to Stephen, in the Ur of Chaldees. And then Abraham goes to Haran. But God told him the Ur of Chaldees, I want you to go to Canaan. And so why does he go to Haran? So, and he stays at Haran until his father-in-law dies. So there seems to be in Abraham's life a progression in his faith. There, there, it's, it's, he doesn't go straight to Canaan land. God wanted him to go to Canaan land, and Abraham tarried, and his father died. His father-in-law, his father died, excuse me. And so we don't go straight there. And sometimes we get discouraged in our Christian lives because that's the way it is for us too. That Jesus called us into a better land, a better country, a better life, a better way, in a relationship with Him. And sometimes don't we, sometimes don't we, sometimes we head the wrong direction. Now what's encouraging is that we could be encouraged by this, is that sometimes even though God says, I want you to go to Canaan land and we we stop maybe in Haran, that our, our faith isn't perfect. Our walk with Christ is an utter perfection. That sometimes we get hung up along the way, but the good news is, is that God called Abraham again from Haran, and he said, hey, I want to remind you, I want to remind you, Abraham, remember what I said in the Earth Chaldees, according to Stephen, the, the deacon, preaching deacon, hey, I want, I've reminded you, you're not supposed to be in Haran. I want you to leave Haran, like I said, and I want you to go to Canaan land. And once you get in Canaan land, I will bless you. I'll make you a great nation. And through thy seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Hey, I want you to keep going. That's encouraging to me. See, although this isn't my home, sometimes I get sidetracked, don't you? 
And then the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and coming to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, or midweek on a Thursday afternoon, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God in my life and He says, Hey, Josh, remember, you're a Christian. You got born again. Your life's different. It's been changed. I came to remind you this is not your home. I want you to leave where you're at. Remember, I want you to keep following me. I want you to come. I'm trying to get you into Canaan land. I want you to leave everything behind, Josh. You picked something up. You got sidetracked. You got distracted. Isn't this the Christian experience? I'm glad that God repeats the call on the Christian's life. And maybe this morning you got sidetracked and you're not where you need to be. And you started out following Jesus and you were doing great and you were doing good and you got hung up in Haran, and this morning God is using a message. And he's reminded you that this is not where he wants you to stay and wants you to be. That God's will for your life is to bring you into a right relationship with God the Father through his Son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit this morning is saying, hey, hey, I, you started out, you left earth, Chaldees, you started heading in the right direction, but you got sidetracked. He's reminded you that, hey, listen, you might have stopped, but that don't have to be the end. You keep following Jesus. Amen? You keep going. You keep going. Lastly, Abraham is the father of faith. And Abraham is acting on faith. This is a journey of faith. Abraham believed God. Abraham responded to the word of God in his life. And how do we know Abraham responded? Because God said, I want you to leave the Ur of Chaldees. And Abraham left the Ur of Chaldees. So Abraham's faith, listen carefully, Abraham's faith produced works in his life. How do we know that Abraham believed God? How do we know that Abraham believed God? He left the Ur of Chaldees. How do we know that Abraham believed God? He left Haran behind. How do we know that he believed it? His faith produced works. Faith in Jesus Christ produces a change in our lives that bears witness to the evidence that we believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our works prove our faith that it's real. Now, what if it was 30 years and Abraham was still in the Ur of Chaldees? You still with me? Listen listen carefully. It's been 30 years and Abraham was still in the Ur of Chaldees. And let's say that I said about Brother Abraham, it's been 30 years. 30 years ago, God said, I want you to leave and I want you to leave the Ur of Chaldees and I want you to go to Canaan. It's been 30 years. Let's just imagine. And I said, you know, Brother Abraham, he really believes on the Lord, Bryson. Bryson, if he was a, if he was a biblical thinker, he would say, I don't know about that. Because God said for you to leave the Ur of Chaldees. And I said, no, he believes in the Lord. He loves the Lord. Abraham believes in the Lord. And I would say, yeah, but he never left the Ur of Chaldees. Abraham runs around telling everybody, hey, I believe in the Word of God, and I'm going to I respond to the Word of God, and... The world and everybody else around Abraham's life, even non-Christians would think, yeah, I know it, but you're still here. You're still in the Ur of Chaldees. And if you really believed the Word of God, then you would have left the Ur of Chaldees and you'd be on your way to Canaan land. So there's a lot of people who say, I know Jesus, but they're not following Jesus in the way, are they? 
Because a lot of people say, yeah, I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ, but they love everything more than they love Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people say, I just love the Lord, I love the Lord, I love the Lord deep down in my soul. I love the Lord, but they live unto themselves and they never deny themselves. They're never following Jesus. They do whatever they want to do all the time. And according to the New Testament and the changed life of the new birth, I would say that they say they know Jesus. But in works, they really deny Him, don't they? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Listen to what James says about this. In the book of James, chapter number 2, verse number 17. James says this. Now, how do we know that James is, believes the gospel? Well, see, James here is the half-brother of Jesus Christ. And James got born again because he saw Jesus after he was dead. And he died preaching the gospel. James chapter number 2, verse 17. Here's what he says about faith. Listen to the word of God. This is the word of God. And I'm closing. This is the Word of God. This isn't my opinion. This isn't what I think. This is what God says. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. So what James is saying is, my works show my faith. My works show my faith. Not what I say. It don't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you say. Are you in Canaan land? Are you in the Ur of Chaldees? Say, well, I tell you, I love the Lord. Yeah, but you're in the Ur of Chaldees. And he said, if anyone's going to come after me and believe my word, they'll leave the Ur of Chaldees. I would say, if Abraham never left the Ur of Chaldees, I would say, he's not walking by faith. Because what is walking by faith? It's just responding to the word of God. Faith is a response to the word of God. You believe God's word to be true. And how do you know you believe that? You respond to that because you believe it. So works show faith. Works show faith. Works show faith. No matter what we say. How do you know Abraham believed God? Come on, Sarah. What's got a hold of Abraham? He's different. Come on, we got to go. Let's go. Ends up in Haran. Gets bogged down a little bit. It happens, don't it? It happens. Don't stay bogged down, amen. Follow Jesus. Get out of there. God shows up again. Hey, hey, Abraham, I told you, let's go, let's go. Abraham's, let's go to Canaan land. What is going on with Abraham's life? He believes what God is saying. He believes it. James chapter 2, verse 19. Thou believest that there is one God... Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Now how do we know they're devils? Because they act like devils. I think I've said that before. They, they believe there is a Jesus and they tremble. But they act like devils. That's how we know they're devils. How do we know someone believes God? Their faith produces works. Works. 
new creature, new creation. See the gospel in the story of Abraham? Abraham, the father of faith, and all ye are children by faith of Father Abraham, and he is our example, and he's our example of faith. And how do you know Abraham believed God? I'm going to drill it in our Lord will, and I'm going to beat this living horse until I die and they bury me. How do you know you're a Christian? Because your faith produces works. Works show faith. Faith produces works. Do you get it? Do you see it, Lord willing? Please see it. Please see it. Now, you can't work to get saved, but once you're saved, doesn't Jesus passing by make a difference? What was she singing about over here? Since Jesus passed by, it's even in the lyrics, oh, what a difference. What difference is she talking about? What does it mean? A feeling, a sentiment, an affection? No, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was drunk, but now I'm sober. I once was going this way, but now I'm going this way. I once talked like this, but now I talk like this. I once loved these things, but now I love Jesus. I once followed them, but now I follow Him. I once was in the earth Chaldees. I got hung up in Haran, but now I'm in Canaan. I once was there, but now I'm here. Do you see it? Oh, Lord, I pray that we see it. It is the gospel. Okay. Thou believest that there is one God. Yeah. Everybody says, I believe in God. Don't they? I believe in Jesus. Yes, so do the devils. And we know they're devils because they act like the devil. That's how we know. Is God speaking to your heart this morning? I pray that He is. Verse 20, James chapter 2. But wilt thou know, O vain man? Who's a vain man? Who is a vain man? Here's a vain person. Someone who says they know God, but in works they deny Him. O oh, vain person. What's vanity? Silliness. Silly. Pointless. Doesn't matter. Has no significance at all. It's like the Tennessee Valley Fair. Anybody go there this year? Because you, know, it's, it's, you had fun, right? Ate too many funnel cakes till you threw up. Riding the tilt-a-whirl. Yeah, you had a blast, but did it really matter? It's kind of like Vanity Fair. It doesn't really matter. You had a blast, but does it really matter? There's a lot of people who say, yeah, I, I believe in the Lord, but they're still in the Ur of Chaldees. Verse 20, James 2, But wilt thou, wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? It means it's not faith. It's no faith. No faith. No works, no faith. No works, no faith. Don't, don't be sentimental with your, with your relationship with God. No works, no faith. No works, no faith. You live, I'm about through. No works, no faith. No works, no faith. It's dead. 
unsaved. Unsaved. Non-Christian. Say, so, yeah, but I got, I got born again. Did you? Because you know what born again means? Born again? To be born again. Not of the will of the flesh. Of the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ up from the dead. Dwelleth in your mortal bodies. To be born again. So well, I've been saved. Then praise God. Then in works, it will affirm that. Will. In America, we have a, you know, the greatest danger I think in America is this, is that people think they're in Canaan land, but really they're still in the Ur of Chaldees. COVID ain't got nothing on this problem. Those people are going to die and bust, and bust open and burn in a devil's hell because they think they're Christians, but they're still in the Ur of Chaldees. There's people sitting in churches and they think they're Christians and they got everybody convinced and all their parents are convinced. You know, because I saw them walk an aisle. It don't matter if you saw them walk an aisle or you heard them say they know Him. If, they, if their faith has no works, it is dead. Dead faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. If there's no works, it's dead. How do you know Abraham believed God? What are you doing, Abraham? Packing my bags. I ain't living here no more. Do you see it? Do you see it? Those that have ears to hear, let them hear. Let them hear. God in heaven, help us. Lord, as we prepare to get a song ready, Lord, I pray, Jesus, you to help us. To not base our relationship with you on a memory. But Lord, help us to try to test our faith. And how, do I, how, do we, how do we know that we know you? We keep your commandments. How do we know that we know you, Lord? We do not walk in darkness. 1 John chapter 1. Lord, remind us, how do we know that we know you? You said in 1 John chapter 3, Whoso is born of God doth not commit sin, does not live in an habitual state of sin, they will leave Haran, they will leave the herb Chaldees. Lord, remind us that Abraham's faith is real and his faith is proven because he left. Lord, I pray this morning, if there's anyone here this morning who thinks they know you, but in works it denies that they know you. I pray they'd repent and believe the gospel and be saved. Lord, I pray that hearts would respond. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.